what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. I have an interesting topic for you, probably a timely topic for you, but we're actually going to talk about post-traumatic growth. You've probably heard of PTSD, right? But you might not have heard of PTG. So we're going to talk about that today. We live, obviously, in a time and a season where there are many traumas happening all of the time actually. And they are traumas. I know if you're anything like me, I didn't identify different things in my life as trauma. But then when I actually got into therapy and have had many encounters with helpers and servants, whether that's counselors, therapists, coaches, mentors, spiritual advisors, whatever it may be, when you can start developing a language for what you've experienced, you can start developing a vision as well for your way out of it, which is growth. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this, and then I'm definitely going to bring this into spiritual context for you as well. So post-traumatic growth, if you've never heard of it before, it's a term in psychology describing a positive psychological change experienced as a result of struggling with highly challenging, highly stressful life circumstances. And these circumstances often represent significant challenges to the adaptive resources that any individual has and really pose significant challenges to any individual's way of understanding the world and their place in it. So it often involves life-changing psychological shifts in thinking and relating to the world and to the self that contribute to a personal process of change that is deeply meaningful, right? So I don't know about you, but when you think of growth or when you think of pain or when you think of trauma, the the words that you connect to that are usually not positive, (laughs) right? And often the questions connected to that are why? I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? And if you've ever asked that, perhaps ask, what is this teaching me versus why is this happening to me? Okay. But post-traumatic growth is very, very interesting. And you can, you can see this in families a lot of times too. There could be people that are brought up in the same household with the same resources and go in completely different paths simply by their psychology and their decisions and how they show up in the world. You've probably seen this before, right? So growth after trauma is the simplest form of what post-traumatic growth is. It is positive growth that takes place after trauma. So if you are in a place where you are experiencing trauma right now, or you're still healing from trauma, 
Or just to have this awareness in case you are supporting somebody who's going through something, this context is very, very helpful to know and to do your own research on. And if you are evaluating counselors as well, if they specialize in this, that's also helpful. It will also bring added value to the context of your relationship, okay? So you might be thinking, what good can come out of trauma, right? Nobody wants trauma, nobody likes trauma, nobody deserves trauma, nobody chooses trauma, okay? So you might often ask what good can come out of it. And in times of stress, crises, or trauma, we often ask that question. That's a very human question. And within the past few years alone, many people have been asking these questions because we've been facing such tragedy that is that is hitting everyone, right? And it just might appear like nothing good can come out of that, right? However, when psychologists, when researchers have looked at long-term consequences of terrible times and crises and traumas, yes, those outcomes do include bad consequences. We often hear about those particularly on the news. In fact, that's usually all we hear about on the news, right? But these outcomes also include some good along with the bad, okay? So literally for the past 25 years, psychologists have been studying this phenomenon actually, and that's where the term post-traumatic growth came from. What they learned was that negative experiences can spur positive change, including a recognition of personal strength, the exploration of new possibilities, improved relationships, a greater appreciation for life and spiritual growth. Okay, so you can see this in people that have endured war, natural disasters, bereavement, job loss, economic stress, illness, injuries, and despite the misery resulting from these things, many can actually expect to develop in beneficial ways after aftermath. And leaders can also help others to do so. So a lot of people that listen to this podcast are people that embrace growth. They're proactive about growth. They have a high value on doing their work, on renewing their mind, on growing in their emotional intelligence and their EQ, but also their EI, which is eternal impact, right? So they're they're leaders and they also want to be able not only to model the way, but to help others to do the same. So just knowing about this alone is a very, very, very powerful tool, okay? So although post-traumatic growth often happens naturally without any psychotherapy or formal intervention of any kind, it can be facilitated. And particularly in my own journey, before I had this vocabulary or before I even had this awareness or a grid for this language, I definitely had all of these things happen. So five different ways that post-traumatic growth can be facilitated. Often this is self sought and self-taught, okay? But it doesn't have to be, especially if there's leaders, again, that can spare you the suffering or spare you the pain, that is a win, okay? So it can be facilitated through education, right? Which could be knowledge of self, knowledge of God, knowledge of values, knowledge of communication skills, knowledge of feelings and emotions, knowledge, right? 
education. It can be facilitated through emotional regulation. It can be facilitated through disclosure. It can be facilitated through narrative development and also through service, okay? So when you think about education, that's often the self-taught. A lot of times we see this when folks are in school and they're going through the school system and all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I don't know that this is my passion. I don't know that this is what I want to do. What do I want to do in my life? And so there's this hunger and there's this stirring for more information and seeking out education. And now we have the internet. So we can literally start researching anything. None of that vocab, none of that having to look into encyclopedias and look things up and and all of that from back in the day, right? Or going to the library and going to look at the card stock resources to figure out where the books actually live in the library and going to find the book. None of that kind of stuff. You actually can just Google it, right? But you can do so many different programs and there's so many healers and people out there that can really help facilitate education. Emotional regulation is a big one too. A lot of times this can come from therapy. I was talking to a dear friend the other day, literally about feelings. I remember in a therapy session when I, I must've been, I want to say maybe a freshman, somewhere around there, freshman, sophomore in college. And I remember sitting in a therapy session and she had handed me a feelings worksheet. And she asked me to circle all of the feelings that I was experiencing on a consistent basis. And I looked at this worksheet and I was like, wow, I can only circle like three emotions. (laughs) I literally don't know how to access or feel or articulate any of these other emotions. I just had learned how to repress or how to shut off or not access those parts of myself just to survive and kind of push my way through life, right? So it was very eye-opening, right? Because if you can imagine... When you then are in relationships or you're in a position where you you need to be able to communicate <laughs> and express yourself, if you can't identify feelings, it makes it very difficult to express yourself, right? So that was something that was very eye-opening for me. Narrative development, if you don't know this about me, I actually have an undergrad in journalism and a grad degree in film production. So I was all about understanding narrative, okay? Narrative is how you understand you as a character, how you understand your motivations and what drives you, how you understand your story, how to create your own hero's journey, if you will. It's so, so empowering. So I did a lot of work, whether that was screenwriting or directing or whatever it might be, through narrative development. I didn't know at the time that this was part of my healing journey as well, but it absolutely was in hindsight, okay? So uh, disclosure, an example of that is just making different information known, okay? So in my own story, there, there were moments I'm adopted. So there was a moment where I actually met my birth father, Okay, and this was in, I must have been at this point a senior in college. All right, so information had been disclosed to me about my birth father, right? But I had never met him. So meeting him and and being able to talk through questions and life things, while, while that might not have been 
an event that brought closure to me. It, it in some ways did and in other ways was was disappointing, unfortunately. However, it was something that, that was able to bring me context where that didn't have to be an area of my life that was just full of questions anymore. So rather than having the questions and the wondering and the right spinning, if you will, and buffering, I was able to meet my birth father and get context, get information that however I assign meaning to that would change how I would move forward. So there can be disclosure of just information that was once secret in some way and that can provide context to your story as well. And then another way that I mentioned was service. So I had found a ton of healing. I served in a recovery ministry for several years. So I found so much healing through doing that. I learned a lot, strangely enough, about how I was wired, about how I was gifted naturally, about how to partner with God, about how to be led by God. So much actually happened in service and I would have never found myself there unless I had been in a place of trauma. It was actually a huge heartbreak that led me to go seek my own healing. And I ended up being put into a leadership position, (laughs) which is how I joke that God tricked me into it. Because at the time, I probably wouldn't have gone through like I wouldn't have gone through a process like that, right? But God knew that I would go through it if I was going to show up for other people because that's how I was wired. That's how I was set up. So if you will go through this and serve these people, you will also get healed in your own process and you'll be accountable to your own process. That's kind of what happened there, okay? So those ways, again, education, emotional regulation, narrative development, disclosure, and service, okay? So these are ways that if you are on a a growth journey, you can actually facilitate a a growth process and really emerge stronger from suffering, okay? And you can serve others as well. You can be a companion to other people and really encourage their own introspection and self-awareness and curiosity and active listening and really offering compassionate feedback. So even what I do as a profession, being able to hold space for other people and being able to help them level up in their lives and get to that next level, that's not a cute saying. That is all about the work that you inevitably do behind the scenes. And part of why I am a master certified professional life coach is that I have accumulated so many hours of not only developing myself over the years, but of coaching other people through some really hard times. And in times where other people will look at them and think, man, there's no way that you actually should be thriving right now. And they absolutely are given how they've they've decided to grow through what they're going through, okay? Absolutely fascinating. Now, I'm going to break down some of these elements of growth again, just so you have more context. I gave you some example from my story, but I'll give you some more context here. So education, it, it's really to move through trauma to growth, you have to get educated about what trauma is. And what trauma is in its most basic form is a disruption of core belief systems. So life was going 
as life does, and then all of a sudden it gets flips up, flipped upside down and everything you knew about life changes. Everything has changed. The world has changed as you know it. And that is really hard to reconcile, especially if you don't have tools or language to do so, okay? So for example, before the pandemic, many of us thought we were just safe from you know all of these things that were floating around in the world, right? And, and then bad things started happening and we thought, you know, our economic systems were resilient to weather all the storms. And we found out that so many of the things that we just thought and maybe took for granted, none of those were true. So we needed to figure out what to believe instead and the truth that we were actually going to stand under so that we had a firm understanding because our understanding, what we thought was true was challenged. Our core belief systems we're challenged. And when our assumptions are challenged, it's confusing and it's frightening and it tends to produce anxious and repetitive thinking because what our, our fear brain wants to do is control. It wants to find safety. It's like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. Nothing safe. What am I going to do? And we go into this survival scarcity victim mode. Okay. And again, if we practice that, and we don't really understand how to control those responses, right? Then that's something that we practice and we get really, really good at. So we get really good at living in anxiety. And as you can imagine, that is not how you get to your next level. And you can actually go backwards. You can fall back into ways that are not helpful, or you can start engaging in behaviors that are really not helpful when you're going through stressful times, okay? But you might start thinking, repetitive thinking starts subtly. It starts with, you know, why does this happen? Why is this happening to me? Who's in control? What should I do now, right? Like your brain just goes nuts, <laughs> okay? And we're forced to rethink who we are and what kind of people we surround ourselves with, what kind of world we live in, what kind of future we're going to have. And that, all of that is happening in your inner world, okay? Which is wild because as you can imagine... People are walking around in the world right now like zombies. We've learned how to just fake it. So if somebody asks us like, how are you? What's going on? What's happening in your life? How are things, right? We're just like, it's good. It's going well. You know what I mean? We, we literally learn how to fake these expressions. Not to say that they're all fake, but we've learned how to give people just enough information to not bring them into our world and to get them to shut up and leave us alone. Literally, we're trained to do that, okay? Don't believe me? Like, check out your work environment. You are trained to do it, right? And all the while, we're living and dealing with some extremely painful thoughts, emotions, questions, grief, anxiety, fear, and we've got that all stored up on the inside, but we're walking around pretending like we're okay, okay? And while, the kicker here is that while it can be extremely painful, it can also be a time of great learning and understanding of what is actually true for you, okay? So hopefully that's helpful, right? But it's it's a time of, of creating new awareness, new perspective, new opportunity, all right? Another one is emotional regulation. So to do any learning, we must be in a frame of mind of, of growth, right? A growth mindset. You might have heard about that. 
And that starts with managing negative emotions such as anxiety, guilt, and anger, which can be done by shifting the kind of thinking that leads to those feelings. So instead of focusing on losses, on failures, on uncertainties, on worst case scenarios, and really trying to instead recall successes and consider best case possibilities and reflect on your own resources and preparation and think responsibly about what you personally can do, okay? So you can regulate emotions directly by observing them as they're experienced versus trying to force them down, repress them, run away from them, distract yourself from them. You can actually breathe through them. So I like to picture this as just the waves of the ocean, right? They just literally come in to the shore and they go back out. And that's what our emotions do. We can get a wave of emotion and it can be like really crazy and crash and we can just breathe it right out and just feel through that emotion, right? But you have to create space in your life to do that and you can just feel it. And then later you can start getting really good at understanding what that emotion is coming from. And emotions are always coming from our thoughts, okay? So we can usually end a whole lot of suffering in our lives by understanding what thoughts are driving our emotions, okay? So other things too, physical exercise, meditating on the word of God, employing different techniques that really help you to feel rather than suppress or repress your emotions, okay? Feelings aren't bad. They're actually intel. They're information that can help you understand what is going on inside of you and how you are processing and assigning meaning to life and circumstances, okay? So this is a great thing. This is one of the great reasons, actually, why it's so smart, to partner with a professional life coach, with a counselor, with really what I call your own advisory board, right? In my own life, that could be a spiritual advisor, a mentor, a therapist, a coach. I I support them all. And I think that we all need them, actually, to be really functional humans. Because a lot of times what we do, we try to take emotions to one person in our lives, and they're not fit and equipped to handle that, right? And we can wear them out doing that. Or we try to go and confide in a friend or we try to take different things that we're dealing with to people and we get really hurt sometimes and disappointed or discouraged by that, right? Because a lot of times people are dealing with so much more than we know and they're not able to do that. So when you actually have these people in your life that are trained to do that, They are literally gifted and skilled and educated and trained with expertise and certifications and all sorts of ongoing education to serve you (laughs) and to challenge your brain and what your brain is coming up with. It is so powerful. It will change your world because often a miracle is just a shift in perception. And then when you have a shift in perception, you start to emotionally respond differently, which means you feel differently, and then you're able to show up and experience life differently as well. And if you have ever heard interviews of top people in their fields, they have the same thing in common. They all have a success coach of some kind, okay? So... There you go. That was for free. Okay. Disclosure is another one. And this is part of the process in which you talk about what has happened and is happening. Its effects, both small and broad, short and long-term, personal, professional, individual, and what you are struggling with as you face that. 
Okay, so articulating these things helps us to make sense of the trauma and turn debilitating thoughts into more productive reflections. So I often see this when folks are in a relationship crisis. I've also been through this myself and the brain can come up with so many fears, especially if you've really been through a lot of relational trauma because relationships are what get to our hearts. <laughs> and a lot of times that is what we want to protect. So we want to control, we want to guard, we want to put up walls, we want to avoid experiencing pain at all costs, right? And so we often have a lot of subconscious narratives and things going on. We've got fear in our mind all the time. We try to blame other people for making us feel some kind of way. We try to make other people responsible for what we've experienced in the past. We can start acting crazy. So when those debilitating questions and thoughts and emotions start surfacing, it is so helpful to have an outlet, again, <laughs> where you can actually process these feelings, thoughts, emotions in a very healthy and a safe way and come to different places of wisdom, of understanding, of truth, okay? So if you're helping someone talk about what it's been like to experience a crisis, a lot of questions, asking them a lot of questions. It can seem like an intrusive interrogation of sorts, right? But if you're coming from a place of curiosity, it's totally different. It's really best to focus on how the impact feels and, and what concerns are most important. So asking questions and allowing answers to come and really training people how to do that for themselves as well. Okay, so negative experiences can really spur a great appreciation for life. And a lot of times when you can just talk it out, that's what you start to realize, okay? Narrative development, this is a, a step that really produces an authentic narrative about trauma in our lives afterwards so that we can accept the chapters already written and imagine crafting the next ones in a meaningful way. In hindsight, in my own story, I'm like mind blown right now thinking about how I thought I was going to film school to develop skills in this tech world that we live in. <laughs> when really it was such a crucial part of my healing journey. Honestly, I, I equate film school to getting a psychology degree. I am not even kidding you. But literally, it was a space where I was able to start understanding the narrative that stacked in my life, just trauma that stacked in my life. And I started to understand my story, what had happened, right? And then the powerful thing that started to happen is, what am I now going to create, what meaning am I going to create in the world? How am I going to show up in the world, right? So your story and the stories of people you're helping can really help them see how a traumatic past is not actually their story, but it can lead to a really better future, okay? Really, really powerful. So consider that. When you're really ready, you can start to shape the narrative of trauma for yourself, and even for your teams or people around you, if you lead an organization or a company of some kind, you can really see how, for example, it caused you to recalibrate your priorities and it can show you new paths or opportunities that have emerged or 
you can look to testimonies of people who have come up out of the ashes, right? You often hear Phoenix arising experiences, right? So these are examples of post-traumatic growth, and you can really study these and derive hope from them and remind those that are connected to you to do the same. And then lastly, service. So people do better in the aftermath of trauma if they find work that benefits others, okay? Helping people close to you or in the broader community is really, really, really impactful, okay? So you don't need to to take this to an extreme. A lot of times in the world we live with a lot of extremists, right? You don't need to take this to an extreme of starting a foundation to be of service, okay? <laughs> you can actually find ways to, to serve just in your community and volunteer in the capacity that you can. But I recommend doing something long-term. If you just do something once a month, you might not see the full benefit. But if you can actually commit to going through even a six-month or year-long journey, that's probably where you'll see the most consistent growth and benefits. But usually through that process, you'll start to see personal strength emerge. You'll start to recognize new possibilities. You'll start to see improvements in your relationship. You'll grow in appreciation for life in general. So it's interesting too, trauma in your life can also make you grateful for the people that you have in your life. You can really seek out and grow spiritually. This particularly happens when you start asking the really big questions in your life. So these are all things that can start happening from post-traumatic growth, okay? So when, when, different counselors or therapists are asked for a personal or a post-traumatic growth inventory, a lot of times they are looking for what is this a person's appreciation of life? How are their relationships with other people? Are they embracing new possibilities in life? Are they uh, growing in personal strength? Have they experienced spiritual change? A lot of times that is how counselors or therapists are trained to assess post-traumatic growth, okay? So the alternative, which I'm not going to go into, but the alternative is to ignore trauma for the record, okay? Or to act like everything's fine and nothing is going, nothing's wrong, right? And and often, because we're, we're trained, we're highly skilled at, at being resilient and, and giving people what they want to see or what they want to hear, right? We can We can do that for a while, Right. However, when it comes to the things that your heart desires the most, the the desires of your heart that literally God put on your heart, the reality is ignoring trauma does not make it go away. Okay, and it just prevents your growth. It delays your progress. So those very things that you desire or want to work towards, it often puts a barrier and a giant wall between you and those things. And so you might end up efforting and really hustling and doing all these great things, but there's still a huge wall, (laughs) usually it's your heart, between you and what ultimately you desire. Okay? So Finding ways to actually address what happened, take ownership of yourself, of your story, of your life, and move forward in ways that are positive and productive is absolutely in your best interest and in the interest of those around you. Okay? So, so good. All right. So when it comes to connecting this 
with God, I think that this is so, so important. I, I believe personally that we are designed to grow. All right. And when it's with God, we are designed to grow from strength to strength and from glory to glory. And growth is a verb. Okay. It's an action that takes place. All right. And because this is something that requires effort, it's something that we must constantly challenge ourselves to make space for in our lives. And we have a tool, it's the Bible, (laughs) that is actually our manual for growth and for life. And the scriptures are an instruction guide on how we live. And, And reading these and meditating on these will ensure that we are growing spiritually. If we're reading it and if we're applying what we're learning, that is a sure way to grow spiritually, right? And and while we are reading scripture, we start to recognize too that scriptures contain the heart of God. And when we're constantly reading these, right? When we're flooding our eye gates and literally when we're even speaking out scripture and we're getting it in our ear gates, they contain the heart of God. So we get to know God more and more through doing that. And as we fill our heart with these verses, we are fixing our eyes on God. So if you ever wondered how to do that, that's literally how you do it. You fix your eyes on God. You focus your mind on the Bible passage and what specifically is teaching you about how to grow in your faith so that you can grow stronger and not waver. Okay? So this is actually a call to not be stagnant in your faith, but to grow deeper in your connection and relationship with God and in your faith, okay? So you can do this a few ways. You can begin your day with prayer and meditating on the Bible. And meditating is just literally taking a scripture and reading it out loud and highlighting the parts that are being highlighted to you and looking up those words and looking up synonyms to the words, but it's a very active experience, okay? And you're meditating on it. You're getting understanding. You're asking God to reveal what does this mean for me in my life right now, okay? You can choose a verse to focus on, read it every day. It doesn't have to take hours and hours, but it does need all of your concentration, even as even if it's just a verse or two. So I often, if I'm struggling in some area, I often try to go and study the opposite of what I'm struggling in. What I what I can grow and activate strength, and that's what I want to go study. Okay. Sometimes it is helpful to read about fear. <laughs> Just so you can see how many times in the Bible it tells you, do not fear, right? But for me personally, rather than studying on fear, I want to study more and grow in faith, okay? So I would go study faith, for example, okay? And what's important to know is that the scriptures are alive. It doesn't matter how many verses you read. It can literally still jump out at you and speak to you loudly. They can reveal truth to you. Okay, and Holy Spirit is is your partner in this process. So make sure that even if you only have five minutes at a time, those five minutes are dedicated to focusing on God's voice in the word and applying that verse to your life, actually thinking it through. Okay, growth is is just a marathon anyways. It's not a sprint. So growing doesn't happen in an instant. So you're not going to expect a seed to grow into a mighty oak tree, for example, overnight. It just does not happen that way. So think about growing bit by bit every single day. Okay. Now, life is full of surprises. That's something that we know, both good and bad. It can be full of unexpected twists and turns that we never saw coming. Usually these are the traumas that happen in life. 
We can go from hearing a shocking diagnosis. We can have a rough day at the office. We can, you know, face an unexpected car accident. There's so many things that can happen, right? And the unexpected is one of the mysteries of life, something we have no control over. That's the truth. But are guaranteed to experience almost every single day of our life. Okay, so not being good at facing your life is not a good habit to practice. Okay, none of us minds experiencing the unexpected, of course, when it's happier, when it's inconsequential. We're totally cool. But when the unexpected strikes fear in our hearts or is deeply painful, it can throw us into such an emotional state that we find ourselves withdrawing from life and the people we love. That's a huge indicator. In severe cases, we even find ourselves stuck and completely unable to move forward. Okay? But often what this is, post-traumatic growth is just our norm, for the record, when we're in relationship with God. You are meant to be growing and growing not only, you know, in accelerated rates, <laughs> but also into limitless states. It's quite profound, right? People on the outside often don't understand where are you getting this peace from? Why are you so joyful? All this is going on. Why are you such like a chill human? I don't get it. And it's not fake. Just literally when your strength is in God and when you're firmly rooted in him and when you're applying the word of God to your life and growing every single day, you are stronger than somebody that's not doing that, right? You just are literally built differently. So a lot of times trauma and unexpected things in our lives are God's tender invitation to accept his gracious call to trust him more in the face of your pain to move really into deeper intimacy with him than you've ever known and to let him heal your heart, okay? It's really a call to develop relentless faith so that the next time life throws you a curveball, which life most certainly will, right? You then will be able to navigate your will, your way through still living the adventure that God planned for you and maybe even living a version of the adventure that's beyond what you could have imagined. Honestly, right? It is possible to learn how to live with a faith that is so confident in God it can't be shaken, even when the ground underneath is giving way, okay? We, we've seen this, an example is in the life of Abraham. God extended to him the same invitation that he gives to us to trust with all our hearts. And Abraham said yes to that, even when he had no idea where his yes would lead. And that's often true for us too. So Abraham had left the unexpected and stepped into he left the expected, rather, and stepped into the unexpected. And he didn't know where he was going, who he would meet, or what it would cost. He didn't know any of the pain that might lie ahead, but he knew that God would be with him. And that's the assurance that we have, that we don't know. There's so much that is unexpected in our everyday, but we know who is with us. And we know that God will guide us, God will protect us, God will provide for us, and we can refuse to be shaken, okay? So we can live this expectantly. We can, we can do this hopefully. We can do this freely. This is a faith-filled journey. The journey of growth specifically is a faith-filled 
faith-filled journey. In the face of everything that comes your way, you can decide that you will not be shaken. Even in the unpredictable times in which we live and the chaos that is happening all around the world, right? So really, really keep that in mind. You can leave fear behind. It's not that you won't feel it, but you don't have to choose it. You can choose faith in fear and embrace the adventure that God has you on, okay? So how do you do that? You can expect the the sure thing in the unexpected. The sure thing is God, okay? And God always brings us into more and into greater things. When fear on the flip side often paralyzes us and stops us from stepping into the fullness of life that God has for us. A lot of times fear will keep us hiding or running from life. Okay. And we were never called to live predictable lives that are naturally possible. We're called to pursue a supernatural journey of faith. Okay. And when we do that, the neat thing is that we never get the credit. God gets the glory. When God does the unexpected, he gets all the glory. Okay. So what the message really is for today is that God has so much in store for you. And instead of fearing the unexpected, perhaps because of trauma, because of fear, because of anxiety, because of hurt or pain that you previously previously experienced and avoiding the unexpected or ignoring the unexpected, it's time to pray for and embrace the unexpected in our lives. Okay. So some things that you can do in a time where you are going through unexpected circumstances or challenges, here's a couple of things that you can do. You can thank God for the unexpected blessings you've received. Okay. Because just like the unexpected is shocking a lot of times to us, God's unexpected blessings are also available. And that's what we can turn our attention to. You can pray for strength to be strong and to trust God when unexpected pain and sorrow come crashing in your life. Okay. So a lot of times this is also when when unexpected pain and sorrow come crashing in our life and, and grief that just feels unbearable, this is when we start falling into depression, starting in our thought life if we're not careful. It's when we start speaking curses over our life if we're not guarding our tongue, right? So it's really, really important to be praying for strength and know where your, your strength comes from, particularly in times of unexpected pain. You can pray for courage to follow God on whatever the expected journey he calls you to begin, okay? So whenever you're on, right, when all of the questions are are coming, you pray for courage, you pray for boldness, you pray for that strength. That's not something you can figure out on your own. You pray for that, right? And you, you expect God to equip you and to provide for you in that way. And then you invite God to use your human, quote unquote, limitations and to turn your eyes towards him so you can receive all he wants to give you and really show you what limitless living looks like. Whenever we feel limited, that's an invitation to limitless living. Okay, so I hope this message is an encouragement to you that it helps you 
really learn that you absolutely can leave fear behind and move forward in faith and embrace the adventure, right? You might be surprised by what is happening in your life, but God is not surprised and he is still on the throne. And although life is an unpredictable journey, who you are connected to is not. He is solid. He is sovereign. He is good, okay? And he's inviting you into the more that he has for you. And a lot of times that's greater intimacy with him, but it's also favor and blessings and an adventure that is far greater than you could dare ask, think, or imagine. All right, so that is the invitation to challenge yourself to grow, to evolve, because here's the kicker. Whenever you invest in your growth and in your evolution, you are expanding your capacity to contribute. And when you do that, that is where true meaning and fulfillment come from. All right. So if you want a a spiritual running buddy, if you will, if you want to create multiple streams of peace in your life, my recommendation is to hook yourself up to a life coach. If I and what I teach resonate with you, I do have a couple of spots open still for quarter two here. So you can find that over on my website, julianapage.com. I am offering for a small time here, a limited time here, free di- free discovery calls. So if you do want to hop on a call and ask me questions and find out what this journey could look like for you, I will open up space in my calendar to do that. You can go book that time now over at julianapage.com. There are also books over at julianapage.com that will help you in different points of your journey. So if you want to reclaim your spiritual authority that you didn't know you had, if you really want to learn how you can co-create with God and how you can partner with God in different areas that you really want to level up in, if you want to step into your royalty and, and really who you are in God, if you want to really dive into deeper intimacy with God, or if you just want some tools to walk out your faith because you're a faith walker and you really want to rule and reign wherever God has you, there's books on it over on the website. And there is also all the good things. There is also a mastermind on the website called the God's Vibes Mastermind. This is a three-month journey. However, you get lifetime access to this. It can be self-paced, although again, you can go through it in three months and it's something that often is an invitation to revisit different parts of your life because we're all experiencing different things. But there is live weekly coaching where you can get coached. There are weekly prayer calls. There are videos and homework assignments all to aid you in your journey on all of those topics that I just talked about. So that is an asset in your life. And it really makes spiritual development, spiritual maturity, spiritual leadership very practical. So it's important if you really want to build your life with God from the inside out, that is a program for you. All right. So all of that can be found over at julianapage.com. Also, this has been coming up lately. If you have an event or if you have a group and you want somebody to come and teach or to speak or to facilitate a, a program or a tool or a model for you and your group, that is something that you can also Uh, inquire about over at julianapage.com. So go check out all of those resources and until next time, stay blessed.